From the Technology Association of Iowa, welcome to the Iowa Tech Policy Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Waller, with my co-host, Molly Ross. This podcast will provide an exclusive look into technology-focused legislation during the 2021 session at the Iowa State House. We will speak with state lawmakers and Iowa technology companies from various industries on specific tech legislation, what it means for Iowans, and how it may impact tech companies across the state. The Iowa Tech Policy Podcast is proudly presented by Shazam, a member-owned debit network, processor, and core provider that believes community-based financial institutions strengthen and improve local communities. Learn more at shazam.net. Additional support provided by Davis Brown Law Firm and Google. I'm here with Representative Brian Losey, who represents District 30 in the Iowa House of Representatives. Representative Losey is also the chairman of the newly created Iowa House Information Technology Committee. Representative Losey, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. So for those folks listening, what is District 30? What uh, part of Iowa is that? Eastern Polk County. So uh, primarily when you're, when you're looking at the bigger community hubs, uh, Bondurant, Altoona. Um, I live in Bondurant. So, um, but also includes some, obviously, some rural area as well as Elkhart, Mitchellville, Runnels, a couple smaller communities. Uh, my first question is around the Iowa House Information Technology Committee and your work there. Uh, what is the goal of that committee and uh, what is the purpose of it? Uh, it's really kind of threefold. Number one is to look at the state's technology needs, um, how it can be more cost efficient, more uh, run more efficiently. Thing you know what synergy? I hate, hate corporate buzzwords, but synergies and efficiencies and all that kind of thing. Um, how we can uh, can be more effective uh, from a state technology standpoint. Um, kind of second goal is to obviously look at the cybersecurity and you know making sure that the information that the state uh, has is safe, secure, um, and can't be infiltrated. So um, then the last thing is is broadband issues and uh, driving that uh, forward here in the state of Iowa. So when you look at the committee, what is the political and geographic makeup of that committee that you work with? I uh, wish I'd brought my list, but uh, we have, there's 15 members, um, nine of which are Republican, uh, six are Democrat. Um, you know, I, I like to say I know exactly where everyone is from, um, but uh, we have a good mix around the state. Some, some uh, My vice chair, uh, Dave Seek, is from the western side of the state. Uh, Dave Williams um, uh, in the north uh, Waterloo area. So yeah, kind of the north, kind of northwest, northeast area. Um, so, um, you know, so we got a good broad base, a uh, lot of people very interested or connected to technology. Uh, Liz Bennett, uh, is she, I believe works for GoDaddy, um, and, uh, Bella Sorensen, who's, uh, um, been a kind of a leader, uh, as well with, with myself and Dustin Height, um, who's from Oskaloosa. Um, we're, we're all very interested in, in, technology and, and especially broadband. So we have a good mix. I think we have a good group of uh, people, Republicans and Democrats. It's going to be, a, I think, a true nonpartisan committee. Uh, well, TAI here, we're really excited of, of the formation of that committee. Uh, one of the things you said is broadband. And so people talk about high-speed internet all the time in rural parts of our state around the state of Iowa. How do you define high-speed internet? Is that a gig number? Is that dial-up? What is high-speed internet? You know, I think, well, I... I uh, define it as being able to go to my cabin and use the internet. But um, no, it's uh, the, I think that what we really look for is, you know, with the kind of the gold standard of what we're really trying to get to is the, is a hundred up, hundred down 
uh, gig standard. Um, it's that's it's off in the future a little bit um, in some technologies, uh, but uh, I think that's kind of where at least the goal from a, the governor's standpoint and our standpoint is to get most people to, or at least have the availability of, to get to that that kind of uh, standard. That would be what we were looking at is high speed. So Iowa is currently ranked 45th in internet connectivity and internet infrastructure. Uh, what you are leading right now is an undertaking like nothing we've seen in this state since the 1930s and rural electrification. With innovation moving so fast, how do you future-proof the work that you're embarking on? One, we, we look at a, a high-speed internet definition that is out in the future a little bit. You know, 100 up, 100 down, like I said, there's fiber in most places can get there. But there are other technologies that are out there when you look at fixed wireless, uh, satellite, um, TV airspace, and, and other technologies. So as we just seek to develop this in the state of Iowa, we want to be what we refer to as technology agnostic. We just want to, you know, whatever technology can, can reach those speeds, we want to be able to support and uh, whatever makes sense for that particular consumer um, or area uh, from, a, from a broadband standpoint, those are the types of projects we want to want to invest in. And again, keep the eye down in the future. One of the things that uh, we want to do is, and is, is we like to call ourselves broadband bros, Representative Sorensen, Representative Height, myself, and Representative Thompson. Uh, you know, what we really want to make sure we do is also incentivize future technology and the future developments, so like R and D type of thing. So, um, you know, what is coming down the road? You're right. What's what's this going to look like in ten years? I'm 52. I we had dial up when I got married 25 years ago. And so where are we going to be in 25 years? And we certainly got to make sure we're, we're listening to groups like this um, as to and the, the tech giants here that have that knowledge, what's coming down the road and be ready for it. Uh, the next important topic always is funding. So the governor has pledged $450 million uh, for broadband across the state of Iowa. They know there's talk of uh, federal money through the FCC. I'm sure you get asked this question, how are we going to pay for this? Uh, that is one thing we're, we're uh, looking at now, uh, going through the budget process. Uh, she just released her budget. It does in $450 million. It's a big number. Um, that's not all in one year. That's over three budget years, so $150 million a year. Um, so, you know, that is a big number. And how we, how we then provide for the other things that we have to pay for as a state. Um, she prevent, presented us with a budget pro, or a budget proposal that uh, balances the budget like we always do in a conservative manner. Um, we just got that last week. So uh, that's one of the good discussions we're going to have is how we, you know, where that money's coming from, how much of that we really do have. Uh, but there is a lot of energy for, on, on broadband and, and uh, on the Republican side as well as the Democrat side. We all see this is really, this pandemic has really highlighted the need for it. And, uh, you know, Governor Reynolds, to her credit, you know, recognizes the need and the opportunity to go big, go bold, and do what we need to do. And I think there's a lot of people in lockstep. Um, whether we get to that particular number or not, um, I think we'll get, I think we'll get close, but we'll see what happens in the budget process. How will leveraging technology save the state money and make the government more efficient, which is one of your charges as well? You know, it, that's the beauty of technology in, in almost every case when you have technology and, and being able to process things, um, it does lead to efficiencies. So, so just that is all on its own. You know, one of the things that we want to look at as, as the committee is and, and uh, OCIO is currently doing that is, 
you know, making sure we know what technology is out there from the state, state level uh, and what they're using, what they're needing, and what's the best way to do that so that, you know, one department isn't using the exact same, same software as a different department without knowing e- that they are doing it and thereby paying two license fees when they should only be paying one bigger one, but still more cost efficiently to have an enterprise-wide. I used to do software contracts as in my former life, but, you know, having that, that just being able to recognize who has what um, and try to eliminate some of those um, duplicitous stuff and perhaps there's a better way in one department to do that another department's already recognized. So anytime you do that inventory, I think there's the opportunity to recognize, again, those corporate buzzwords of synergies and efficiencies that are out there. Uh, Final question. Uh, This should be, as you mentioned earlier, a bipartisan issue. Uh, But as you look down the road of uh, accomplishing this, what challenges do you see in the future? You know, from a from a political standpoint, you know, I think the Internet connectivity of of the state, be it the government or the citizens of the state of Iowa, should always be a a nonpartisan, bipartisan effort to do. I mean, we may not always disagree on exactly how we accomplish the goal, and and that's fine. We shouldn't. Um, You know, somebody may have a better idea, and that person may be a Democrat. Um, Very well could be. Knows a whole heck of a lot more than I do. But, um, you know, we need to be able to open and be listened to that. But one of the future things that we are going to going to face, no matter which side of the aisle you're on, is we got to be able to listen to those that, that are in the know. And those are probably outside of the Capitol down the block. Um, so listening to, you know, groups like this and other technology uh, professionals that know what's coming, being open to those, but then also creating good policy that leaves the ability to adjust uh, as we move forward. Representative Brian Losey, thanks for your service to the state of Iowa, and thanks for joining us on the Iowa Tech Policy Podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Next up, Molly Ross will sit down with Paul Livko, CXO and CTO at Wellmark Blue Cross Blue Shield and 2021 TAI Board Chair. But first, a brief message from Davis Brown Law Firm. The Davis Brown Law Firm is proud to support the Iowa Tech Policy Podcast. Davis Brown Law Firm, with offices in Des Moines, West Des Moines, and Ames, boasts 75 attorneys standing ready to provide legal services in every area of civil law. If you want to learn more about our practice, please visit us at davisbrownlaw.com. I'm joined by Paul Livko, Vice President, Chief Experience, and Chief Technology Officer at Wellmark Blue Cross Blue Shield and the chair of the 2021 Technology Association of Iowa Board of Directors. Thanks for joining us today, Paul. Thank you, Molly. As TAI's 2021 board chair, you represent the technology industry across the state of Iowa. To give our listeners some context, how would you describe Iowa's technology industry? Well, first, I mean, I'm honored to just represent the professionals that are part of the TAI organization. Um, I mean, our our state is has a rich, um, diverse set of industries that technology empowers. I mean, whether it's insurance, financial services, retail, ag tech. I mean, you can healthcare. You can keep going. Um, so, one thing that when I moved to Iowa that that uh, really resonated with me is the amount of economic diversity, the amount of technology professionals that have a vast set of experiences. Uh, that we can tap into to really drive our state forward, our industries forward, our own individual companies. Um, but it's also really backed by strong educational institutions. I mean, we have great partnerships, um, whether it be early on in, in high school, 
um, some high schools really sponsoring technology-driven programming for their students, um, but all the way up through um, our college programs at, at a variety of universities, both big and small. So I think it, Iowa's got all the right ingredients, um, as well as sponsorship at our state, um, in order for this industry to really thrive. So what are some policy initiatives that you see having the greatest positive impact on the state's tech industry? Well, I think first and foremost, and the governor hit this on uh, the State of the Union uh, earlier uh, this month, uh, we need to make sure everyone has access. Um, so broadband is incredibly important um, for our state and really for the rest of the country as well. Uh, but I think it can really differentiate um, our access to all the human capital um, across our, our great state and tapping into that, but also providing them the economic opportunities um, to participate in the information economy. Um, we have a lot of jobs and a lot of economic creation is occurring online now. Um, so the, the thing that we have to do is get the plumbing in place. Making sure everyone has broadband access is really the first fundamental step to participate in the economy these days. I think if I think beyond that, I mean, that's blocking and tackling um, education programming. So K through 12 um, is incredibly important. I know we see students um, ducking out of a tech or computer science field early, early in the K through 12 process if they're not exposed to what opportunities exist in that profession. So getting students educated early on in the process, they understand what computer science is, what information sciences are, um, and a lot of the related science disciplines so that we retain that talent as they move up through K through 12 and obviously into uh, uh, the education systems afterwards. I think funding is always important. Um, so whether it's our innovation tax credits, our angel investor credits, we have a really rich and vibrant uh, startup community. Um, and frankly, that type of environment fuels a lot of the innovation that's also fed into larger companies that, uh, for instance, I work for. Um, so I think it's incredibly important to ensure that we're funding at an early stage um, and getting tax credits, those organizations that are doing R&D work um, or really supporting the fabric of um, innovation in our state. You mentioned broadband access. We just spoke with Iowa House Representative Brian Losey, chair of the newly formed Information Technology Committee. A primary goal of this committee is to expand high-speed internet access to all areas of the state. If achieved, what could this mean for Iowa's technology industry? Well, I, I think on the surface, uh, we get our entire state to participate in the modern economy. Um, I think that that has to happen. Uh, but thinking about 2020, it's a necessity at this point. I mean, the way you accessed your job um, in 2020 for many professionals was online. Um, and people were really held back if they didn't have proper access to broadband. Uh, beyond that, even more um, close to, to my heart and profession, access to healthcare is becoming more and more online as well. I mean, we saw that in 2020. Telehealth was a drastic increase in use of services. Consumers are asking for more. Um, and I think that can also democratize the access to healthcare professionals and, frankly, any other professional um, by providing that broadband infrastructure to everyone in our state. I think it starts to level the playing field between urban and rural. Uh, because a lot of the information economy can be um, participated in and accessed from anywhere. We're talking about a major investment from the state to achieve this goal. A concern for all lawmakers and Iowans will be how to future-proof this investment to ensure the benefits last for years to come. As somebody who's made a lot of tech investments, what kind of advice would you give Iowa lawmakers? Yeah, uh, 
Two answers. Um, so if you think about uh, talent and people driving a lot of our organizations, whether it be government, we private, private industry, we invest in upkeep for our talent, whether it's upskilling, training, learning and development. Um, that is an ongoing activity in almost every company, whether public or private. Technology is not different. Uh, so it's not going to be a one time I go buy a bunch of broadband um, and I'm good to go, right? So we're gonna have to keep investing. So my advice would be to take the long horizon. Um, technology has a rapid changing curve. Um, getting broadband out to everyone in the state is fantastic, um, but we need to make sure that we're continuing to maintain it, enhance it, expand it um, when needed. Um, and there's also a lot of new technology that's um, advancing how communications and network infrastructure like broadband and others um, are uh, shaping uh, deployments in different communities and also access um, at, at little point locations. My, my second comment though is it's not necessarily just about the broadband infrastructure, right? So the other thing that we can think about doing as a state, um, and I think a lot of our government resources can help is curate the experience for people using the internet. Right, so the internet has a vast set of resources, whether it be education, whether it be job opportunities, both here and online, um, as well as access to social services. The power of the internet is there's a vast set of resources. The challenge, if you're newer to accessing broadband, or maybe you're in a community that hasn't had a lot of um, uh, access, and really that's drawing, uh, lowering your education level of how to access those resources, we can curate an experience for those individuals. So it's, a, it's probably a bad analogy, but think of a portal experience that really brings the resources around education, around job opportunities, as well as around social services, bring them curated through the broadband to those constituents and our citizens across Iowa, who for the first time are gonna be trying to access a very vast set of resources online. So I think broadband's the first step. I think maintaining broadband is necessary. Um, but I really think the, the water through those pipes um, really needs to be a curated internet um, that really our government, I think, can help with uh, so that those individuals have access to new job opportunities and can participate in the economy, access to social resources, as well as access to education so they can continue their upskilling efforts. Clearly a lot of considerations for broadband. Another goal of the Iowa House Information Technology Committee is to improve efficiency of state government through the use of technology. I'm guessing you see cost savings and efficiencies with the use of technology in private industry on a regular basis. Can you share with us some examples of where? Uh, everywhere. I mean, I generally, I mean, we all see it every day. Um, so I'll use examples that uh, maybe are more relevant to uh, the broader audience, but if you think about your experience consuming movies and TV, I mean, you could go anywhere. Netflix is one of the easiest, so low effort. Uh, low, low effort correlates to cost savings, both for the consumer as well as the company typically. Another low effort, um, Amazon's known for their experience and their technology. So reducing effort ends up reducing the cost overall. Um, I mean, you can keep going, Apple's the same. I mean, most brands that really are heavy investments in uh, technology, but also, and this is something TAI is really focused on lately through uh, the, the technology summit, customer experience, those two combined 
really are going to drive a lot of efficiency, both for the person using the service. So in our case, um, us consuming us consuming government services, but also for the, the company or the public entity like a government that is offering those services to its constituents. Um, so, I mean, there's countless examples, but the, the common thread tends to be effort. Uh, so if you're optimizing an experience for your user of whatever you're designing for the, the, the technology for, you're ultimately going to lower the cost both for that user as well as for the company or public institution that's offering it. As we wrap up, what is one thing our legislators listening today should know about the Iowa technology industry and tech professionals like yourself? Uh, we love helping, uh, problem solving, contributing, uh, whether it's, uh, and we have got, and if you look at TAI and look at our membership, uh, we represent a large portion of the state um, and have almost every major organization as a member of uh, our technology team here. So I think we're engineers at heart. Um, we like to problem solve. We like to contribute. Um, the, the hairier the problem, probably the better for a lot of us. Uh, so whether it is uh, trying to solve community challenges that technology can help, whether it's trying to solve government challenges that technology can help, uh, I think our association is here to support the state um, as well as support our individual companies. Um, and ultimately that benefits the state as well. So I'd say the one thing I would offer up is we are here um, and we like problems. And I think many of us would be willing to pitch in uh, to drive the agenda of the state forward. Paul, Vice President, Chief Experience, and Chief Technology Officer at Wellmark Blue Cross Blue Shield and Chair of the 2021 Technology Association of Iowa Board of Directors, thank you so much for your leadership of Iowa's technology industry and for joining us today on the Iowa Tech Policy Podcast. Great. Thank you, Molly. That wraps up this episode of the Iowa Tech Policy Podcast. At TAI, we believe every Iowa company is a technology company. Join us over at technologyiowa.org to help build and unite Iowa's technology industry. If you like this podcast, please share it with a friend or colleague. Thank you to Shazam, Davis Brown Law Firm, and Google for making this podcast a reality. Thanks for listening.